Welcome to the 95th episode of the Free Pizza Podcast. Today's guest is Jake Wazinski, ML Smith. Enjoy. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have the Jake Wazinski in here. What's going on? Ah, it's going pretty good. Good, good. I'm so happy I said your last name correctly in the intro. Um, give myself a pat on the back for that. Thank you, Daniel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, how's everything going? I'm glad you came. I've been wanting to get you on here for a while because your work is absolutely beautiful. Um, awesome jewelry maker right here in Greensboro. And we're getting ready to kind of dive in to see uh, how you make these amazing designs because they're so also different and beautiful. So yeah, so let's jump into it. Um, All right. So where did that get started for you? Uh, I actually um, grew up around uh, jewelry because my grandfather, you know, my, my store is called Jacob Raymond. Raymond was my grandfather's name, so, and he made jewelry, so I kind of grew up um, going into his shop and hanging out there some. I, I didn't go there a whole lot uh, just because he lived in Simi Valley, California, and we were in, uh-huh. we were in Orange County. Okay. So, you know, it was hour, hour and a half to get there, so we didn't get there a whole lot, but, you know. I got to go there some, and as a kid, I loved gems as well. So I would collect, you know, rocks and gems and stuff. So after a couple of semesters of uh, college, uh, never, never went back, and uh, I was really into the gems and mm-hmm. and heard about the gemological gemological institute of America, and so I actually first studied to be a gemologist. Uh, through that it's GIA for short oh um, wow okay so and it's done through you can go to the school itself or you can do it through correspondence so right. I did it through correspondence and uh, so that kind of started me in the jewelry business um, well I never really had a job uh, <laughs> as a gemologist uh, but as I was studying to do that there's a um, community college that had a stone cutting class okay. and I thought oh, that would be cool so I did that and it just wasn't very exciting for me. It was, it was just boring. kind of kind of boring. It wasn't yeah. creative enough for me. But in that class, I learned about the Sawtooth Center in Winston-Salem. And they had a jewelry-making mm-hmm. class. So I took that. And as soon as I took that class, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is, this is it. This so is I sold it. my motorcycle. I bought my own tools. And I started just working in my parents' garage, you know, just making stuff. And I was working at um, Ham's restaurant as a waiter at the time. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yes. making rings and selling other people there for like 20 bucks, you know. So, yes. um, and tried to get a job, you know, but nobody would hire me. Like, yeah. you don't have enough experience. And yeah. so I finally went to a jewelry store and said, let me work for you for free and, and learn, learn how to make jewelry. And so... I did that for about five months and just still, you know, waited tables at night and mm-hmm. did that during the day. And mm-hmm. and then um, that owner was a little nuts. And so oh. he, he uh, didn't want me coming around there anymore. So I was oh, like, wow. all right, I'm actually doing work for you, but okay. So try to get a job again. Nobody would hire me. And so that's when I actually went off to a jeweler school in Atlanta. And oh. as soon as I graduated from that, I took my first job at a at a jewelry store and that was uh 1995 when i took my first job you know so it was a two-year process from you know making my first ring which i still have today and Mm -hmm. it's it's actually in my shop you know that's awesome um it was too ugly for to wear (laughs) not to mention i made it too big never fit any of my fingers gotcha (laughs) so it just sat in a drawer for 25 years 
So, um, and then I just kind of worked my way from a traditional jewelry store to a more kind of designer jewelry store. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the second store was um, hardly any repair work and a lot of custom stuff, but I didn't actually get to do my own designs. Gotcha. So then I wanted to make my own designs. Mm -hmm. So I found another job in Chapel Hill and went and worked there and I was actually able to make my own designs there and and finally, you know, after working for them for 10 years, I was able to, you know, come Your back to Greensboro and, and open my, my own shop. So Absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I want to go back kind of to when you were a child and hanging out with your grandfather. Did you, like, just fall in love with the process that he you saw him doing that he kind of got you in, into it uh, initially? Or how... how What was going on through your head going to that shop when you were younger, seeing him make those different things? Um, be honest with you, I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't really remember him like making, like having those memories of him like making stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember just seeing the tools and the stuff and, Mm -hmm. and I actually still have all his tools. Like when he, really, he gave me some of his stuff when I started my, you know, um, path down making jewelry Mm -hmm. and then you know but he was still in california and by that time i had moved away from southern california when i was 17 so i didn't really get to you know see any of that you know as as an adult you know so um he sent me some of his tools and then when he when he finally passed away because he was just getting too old to do it my dad actually flew out there and boxed it all up and you know shipped oh, it oh my gosh here. so i still use a lot of his tools today so, that's super special I mean, but... my my bench is that i sit at you know i have two benches so one of them one of them was his my polisher was the same one that he had and you know a lot of my hand tools were his so i have a my it's called a, a ring mandrel it's what you put rings on to see what size it they are and to yep. bend them around and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. so that that ring mandrel was my grandfather's and he got it from george boudet which george boudet owned a store in milwaukee where my grandfather actually lived before he moved out to california so wow i mean that ring mandrel itself is probably you know at least from the 50s if not before oh my god it's priceless so equipment it's, it's you know kind of a even though it's kind of really worn out and you can't see the numbers very well yeah. I, I, just, I i'm not going to use a different one i'm not going to buy a new one oh, just no. because you know of the history there yeah that is that is mind-blowing that you have that type of equipment in your in your shop that's so cool so fast forward to back in north carolina and everything working for different shops working for free which is pretty crazy but you gotta do what you gotta do you know because it's it's crazy that people want experience but like they won't want to you know take you in to get you that experience that's so so frustrating um so tell us how school was so i don't think a lot of people know that most jurors go to school i didn't know that you know but um so tell us how that how that was for you well um the school that i went to was a three-month program okay so there there are different schools that you can go to one you can go to like a one take a one week course um then there's ones that are about a three months and then there's ones that are like 18 months to two years and then you can go to like ecu or you know app has a medals program mm-hmm. um as well um so mine was a three-month program i already had that two years of experience of just making it in the garage and stuff mm-hmm. before i went so i had a little edge with 
above the other people that were there just because I had some experience where some of those people that went in the school, you know, had no experience whatsoever. So they're still, they're learning how to solder and, you know, different properties of metal and all that stuff, which I already knew all that. I just, you know, wasn't very good at it, you know, but right. I, I knew what to do at least. So Wow. So did the classes, I mean, obviously you don't learn a lot in classes still, but did they come easy to you? Or was it a challenge at all while you know, three months? Or? Uh, it was, it seemed to go pretty easy uh, for me. And I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, the, the class, the school that I went to was just like one single teacher. He mm-hmm. you know, had a private school is what he had. And he would have, I think it was eight students were there at a time. Just eight? Yeah. Wow. So, because, I mean, you'd have to have a bench set up for each oh, student. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's so, so you got to have all the tools yeah. and everything for, yeah. you know, for, for each bench to do it. So, um, you know, it was, you got a lot of one-on-one because there's only eight students. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was it was kind of geared um, to be more he he would let you focus on what you wanted to focus on. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, some people, if they wanted to focus more on, you know, one type of jewelry or, you know, like that, they, they could focus on that versus like everyone followed the same set schedule since it was kind of hard to, to do that if everybody's at different levels, you know, of, of experience and, and know-how and all that. Right, right, right. So would you say that the class, there's three months span, three months for me is a very short amount of time. That's, that, that makes me kind of nervous if I was doing <laughs> something for three months. So for someone that didn't know anything about dream making, like in a three months, was that enough time? Uh, no, you're still totally... Okay. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, even after I went, you know, I did it for two years, went to school for three months, and then, you know, got got my first job, like, I was horrible at it. I was like, right. every day, I was just worn out just from the stress of, like, these people are going to fire me because I am horrible <laughs> at this. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, how do you practice? Obviously, you got you buy your own materials and stuff, right, to practice with. So, like, how are you doing? I mean, how are you practicing in the beginning? Like, are you just buying a bunch of materials and just kind of going through it and kind of, like, just practicing different things on the same rings? Like, how, how's, that, how, how's that for you? Uh, basically, I would just, you know, come up with the design and start making it. You know, I, I, I would buy silver, you know, whether it's sheet or stock, and just you just cut it and hammer it and, you know, solder it together. And, you know, if I was going to set a stone in it, you make a bezel or, you know, whatever, and, and do the stone setting, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it just depends on, you know, what what you're wanting to do. And, you know, with, yeah. with my thing, I... I I always wanted to design and make my own jewelry from the very beginning. Okay. So, I mean, okay. and that's what I did. I just designed and made my own stuff, you know, from the very beginning in, in my parents' garage. So. Right, right, right. Were they pretty, uh, I mean, obviously your grandfather did, so they're probably like familiar with how that went. They probably weren't too surprised by it when you started doing that. Um, were they pretty supportive of it? Um, in the beginning, not so much because my dad was like, <laughs> Uh, jewelry is a luxury, Adam. You don't want to yeah. go into jewelry. You know, yeah. if the economy goes down, you know, then, you know, you're not going to be doing too well, you know. So, but then, you know, after he saw that I had my, my mind made up and my heart set on it, he, you know, got behind me and all that. So Absolutely. There's no change in a, a teenager's mind when it comes <laughs> to that. It's like, Dad, I'm doing this. I'm not doing anything else. This is how it's going to be. That's, That's amazing. Right. That's going to let you stuck with it for sure. So, after the uh, school in Atlanta... Um, and by the way, you, you were here in North Carolina, so did you like, 
You didn't commute back and forth, obviously. No, you just moved I, out there. Yeah, I, I lived down there uh, for, well, it was ended up being four months that I was down there because I went like during uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and okay. we had breaks and stuff there, yes. so I would come back, you know, for that. So. Absolutely. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I know he did. That would sounds terrible. Okay. And is that the only one? That's the only one that's kind of in this area. Is in Atlanta? That's the closest one. Uh, no. There's there's ones um, around here. So let's see. There there is actually um, what's that in ten? Well, in Tennessee, there's a, a good program. Okay. Uh, Blaine Lewis. He has a program. Uh, that's a three month program. Um, and then, you know, there's other art centers, but mm -hmm. it's not like a, an actual jeweler school. There's not too many. There's one, I know there's one in Colorado and one in Oregon and stuff like that, that, that specifically is geared toward jewelry making. Gotcha. So this is not, this wasn't that. What would be the part of the main differences between those type of institutions? Um, well, so like if, if you went to app. Yeah. Uh, or ECU, you know, it's a four-year program. You're having to take English classes. Okay. You know, you there's yes. none of that. You're right. strictly at the bench the whole time working at the bench. Whereas, you know, a lot of times it, the the schools that are longer that you're sitting at a at a desk right taking notes and all that kind of stuff, teaching you other kind of gemology stuff or you know the I guess the science and the physical parts of, yes. of metallurgy and all that and you know i didn't have any of that i'm just i just you just made i just, just make made it jewelry <laughs> it's like it's a trade school pretty much yeah pretty much similar um awesome i mean that's i mean that's what people were getting into these days anyways so i mean it makes perfect sense but you did it back in the early 2000s uh no this was uh 94 when i went off to atlanta wow that's crazy i wonder if the programs changed since since then, do you know? Uh, well, yeah, that's that school's not even there anymore. He it was oh, just really? it was just a one just you know one, one guy. Merle, his name was Merle, and he you know had a had one employee, Bob, that kind of ran the business part of it, and you know he kind of he he owned jewelry stores and stuff, yeah. and then he kind of got rid of all those and just like hey, I'm gonna open up a school and teach people. <laughs> so absolutely, and I guess you do need a certification to show that you pass and everything and. Uh, not, not really. really. Okay. No, I mean okay. as long. I mean in the jewelry industry, as far as you know, a bench jeweler, you know, it's really about what can you do at the bench. It's not so much what degree do you have behind your name or whatever. They they want to know, you know, what you can do. I mean, okay. I, the last job that I worked in Chapel Hill, like I mean, I didn't, I didn't bring them a resume or nothing. I just I brought pictures of what I made and and I actually brought jewelry that I made too and yep. he's like yeah done you're hired really yeah that's amazing so what was going through your head where you i'm sure you were super excited to finally get a job on chapel hill and this at this point you were living i was in i was in back here in Greensboro north carolina yeah, okay, you moved to the Mammoth area you said yeah well then... i i lived i had a job here in greensboro for six years right. and then i took a job in winston-salem for okay. six years and commuted that way and then i took a job in the job in chapel hill right and i commuted from greensboro to chapel hill for a year okay. while we were trying to get our house ready to to sell and and then we moved over that way um and just lived in mebane because couldn't afford chapel hill yes absolutely <laughs> believe me we we and it's still expensive <laughs> 
Um, so yes, tell us about your first the first gig at, in Chapel Hill. So how was that for you? What did you learn? Well, that was my third third third, third gig. Uh, I mean that that was a a great job as far as you know what I was able to do because I had the freedom to design and and make my own things. So that yeah. part was was awesome right i mean just because right. that's what i wanted and, and really i wanted to i wanted to own my own business since the very beginning yeah but it just never happened you yeah know, i just i didn't have the funds for it or whatever mm-hmm. and i tried a little bit here and there like doing wholesale lines and stuff but it just never right never worked out and my you know i'm i'm married with three kids and mm-hmm. when my um first child was born my wife stayed home with him so it's like we were a one income family so it's like there's just no way to you know start your own business when you're oh yeah when you're making barely making ends meet you know (laughs) you have a lot going on at that point yes oh my goodness that's crazy so after chapel hill you have you learned what you were there for how long i was there for 10 years you were there 10 years at a jewelry uh, place and then you found your way back to Greensboro. Yes. So tell us about that transition. Uh, well, my wife and I wanted to move back to Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, living in Mebbin, you know, it's a small town and it was great when the kids were younger, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're just always on the highway because, you know, we just, the kids, we were lived in Mebbin, but we were on the Orange County side. So the schools were in Hillsboro. So we'd basically you have to get on the highway to take the kids to school yeah and then you know you want something good to eat and we couldn't find any good chinese in mevin so, <laughs> so we'd always be going to durham to eat you know yep. dinner and stuff so we just got tired of being on the highway all the yeah. time so we yeah. were like you know what let's let's move back to greensboro and um basically i was coming back to greensboro because my parents still live here my brother and his family still live here mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah let's Let's get back to Greensboro. How are we going to do that? I don't know, you know. So we're just, you know, trying to figure that out. And I was talking to my friend Nate Hall, who owns the Legacy Iron, Legacy Iron yeah, Tattoo Parlor. And uh, I was telling him about wanting to move back to Greensboro. And he told me, like, well, there's a jewelry store two doors down. I think they want to get out of their lease. You know, if you want, I'll talk to the landlord. So sure enough, you know, they were wanting to get out of their lease. And, you know, I... I I bought their safe and their cases. The lighting was all done. I mean, literally everything was was ready. All I had to do was move in my tools because, you know, during the all that you know prior twenty five years, I was still buying my own tools yeah. and had a whole shop in my garage. Or at first, it was in my basement when I lived um, <laughs> in in Greensboro here. Yes. And then when we moved to Mebbin, I didn't have a basement, so it was just in my garage. So I was yeah. still constantly making you know jewelry and you know just for the fun of it basically because i just love it so much and i mean i have tons of my own jewelry just because i I love it and of course i make my wife jewelry for pretty much every every occasion as well so she can guess what she's gonna get (laughs) (laughs) and her her birthday is uh no saturday so oh awesome i hope to get on something for you'll probably make it friday night (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) probably so absolutely one thing i do want to touch on because this you did it in such a kind of a different time period than now how are you how are you selling your own jewelry like what platform were you selling on uh well in the in the in the beginnings 
I was I I did there was a two art chicks downtown Greensboro. Okay, you know. Oh yeah, I do remember I, that. I, I had my jewelry in there, um, and then I would just kind of go around to jewelry stores and and try and sell it, which I was a horrible jewelry salesperson. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I didn't sell it very well. So that's why you know, and and I thought of doing instead of like owning my own retail store of doing it wholesale mm -hmm. you know designing making jewelry and selling to other jewelry stores yeah. but you know that means you're a salesman and i'm exactly i'm just that's just cold calling on people just not my thing absolutely because so, obviously back in you know the 90s or 2000s like you didn't have the instagrams or anything where you're kind of easily accessible so it was a lot more of a hustle Yes. You know, to do your thing it back in the day. Door to door. And that was, <laughs> Quite yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I absolutely hated it. So I guess that's probably why I didn't succeed very well at, at right. that right. point in my career. Oh, gosh. But, okay, so back to getting the store. So perfect timing, by the way. That's that's incredible. Um, so tell us the process of you getting the store and getting opened up and kind of how, how that situation was. Uh, well, basically, I was able to... Uh, you know, have negotiations with with the with the former owners, and and so like I said, I, I got their cases and they're safe, and so I got possession of the of the space. About um, I I gave my two weeks notice, and a week before, like after a week, after that first week, I that's when I took possession of the space. So. Yes. That Saturday, I moved all my tools in um, and then, you know, went back and worked that last week at my job and then at <laughs> night drove to Greensboro and, you know, continued to set it all up. And so when I worked my last day on that Friday, you know, the very next day on Saturday, I was I was open for business. That so. is so literally not even a day not, you were like that's good though I was like I was, what time what better time than now let's get started <laughs> you know and that's a great what year was this this sort of show uh, that was 2017 2017 so, yeah, so, August August 1st was my you know first day yes. know, being open so. that's crazy do you remember that day was it surreal could you believe it N not really I mean it, it it was surreal I mean I was just like in shock and awe of like wow I can't believe I have my own place you know yes. and, I mean the the space that I that I'm at is you know it's a hundred year old or so building yep. you know and yep. it used to be the General Green Hotel and you know it's got still the original walls and oh, bricks wow. and stuff in it so you know and I've always, you know, thought like if I ever had my own retail store I'd want it to be in downtown yeah. you know so I mean and of course you know it's in downtown it's in this old building got these great you know walls you know with just lots of character in it and so you know i just love it because there's always people around walking around downtown that's right especially that area with legacy and it's everything's on the cools you know i mean you're right in a great part of downtown yeah and there's you know the thing about downtown is like parking you know where are you going to park you know and, mm -hmm. and you know there's a parking lot right across the street so that, that's great i mean sometimes you can't find a parking spot there but you know yeah. most of the time you can you know maybe friday nights and saturdays you know is the real difficult time to find a spot over there absolutely absolutely so you being a shop owner like did you battle? Did you go through any? I'm sure you did. Any bumps in the road as far as any doubts or any kind of like slow periods? Where you're like, oh God, or you know, how'd you how'd you overcome that? Uh, yeah, I definitely um, experienced some some fear and some anxiety of just yeah. like, oh crap, I don't have a 
steady income. <laughs> How am I going to pay my bills? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So it was definitely that, you know, but just how how it happened um you know so my wife and i you know we were just you know basically praying about to god about like you know what do you want us to do and you know basically um we prayed and prayed and and this just how it happened i mean you know just how it all actually happened and it was it was basically just given to us you know so it was like you know, I knew that it was meant to be, you know, so, but yet, you know, opening up your own business still struggle and it's hard and, yeah. you know, like I was able to pay all my bills uh, for the business every month I've been open. Now that, that, that did not include paying myself a, a decent oh, salary though. Yeah, so, yeah. but all the stores bills were covered, you know, every, every month I've been open. And so, and I got to thinking, you know, like why... Why is why is it not doing as well? You know, I thought I'd be you know doing gangbusters here, and, and it's just not. You know, because every store that I worked for did that. You know, like every store that I worked for did gangbusters. Like right. was very successful, and I'm just like, well, yeah. I mean, my store is gonna be like that too. Exactly. And yeah, my old old boss, um, I kind of asked her and got her opinion on the store, and you know, just trying to glean some wisdom from her. And she's like, "Oh yeah, you'll do great." You know, I did. I did a hundred grand the first December I was open. Oh my you god! Know? And I'm just like, "Well, yeah, that would be great." You know, do a hundred grand in, in the first December. Well, you know, of course that first December came. I didn't. I wasn't anywhere near to a hundred grand. I'm like, "Oh yeah, what, what happened?" <laughs> I thought I was gonna do a hundred grand. So you know, it's it's definitely a, a struggle, right? Um, but I mean. It's it's steadily you know been going up. I think the name is fine. My you know the business is finally getting out there, and people are hearing about it, and yes, you know yes, making yes. it happen. So um, I mean this la this past month have been just crazy busy, like just That's people awesome. coming in constantly, you know, and and you know in the beginning when you open up a business and like nobody comes in for four days, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh crap, what <laughs> what, what do they I, do? <laughs> what am I even doing here? They do something wrong, or my yeah. goodness. So, but you know, with the jewelry business, since you know one piece of jewelry can be thousands of dollars, you know, that'll pay all my bills for the month. You know, Absolutely. so I don't need that constant that rush of people coming in every day buying something. You know, I can have, you know, a couple of sales a month and I can pay all my bills. You know, yeah. So, which, yeah. but not everything in my store is you know super expensive. So, right. I mean, right. I have stuff, you know, earrings that are as low as twenty five dollars. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah, um, so it's not like super all like, you know, going to break your wallet, you know what I'm yes. saying? Oh, we got some and, you know, my my dad, so uh, he, in the beginning, he was coming in every day um, and making some silver jewelry. So, you know, he kind of... Oh, nice. He tinkered with it, you know, over the years. And so, you know, he's retired. So he came in and like made jewelry for me. And then... Um, now he just comes in like you know one day a week and you know still makes some of the silver jewelry so i can have you know silver jewelry that's in there for you know under 100 bucks right and that way anybody who comes in the door can find something that they you know can afford yeah so you, you yeah everything for a variety of different type of people you know different kind of budgets which is awesome 
The Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. So one of the main things I'm, I'm, I'm curious about is how were you, how was your transition becoming, you know, just a jewelry maker from another, another person to running a full retail business, you know, and you're doing sales and like just overall just running a whole entire shop. How was that? That was a little difficult as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, like you said, I mean, all I did before was I really didn't even talk to customers before. Right. I just would, you know, sit at my bench and design and, and make jewelry. And, um, you know, going from that to, you know, take making sure that everything is ordered, make sure like yep. the electrical bill is paid and stuff, you know, which <laughs> yeah. today, you know, I was like, oh, crap, that's three days overdue. I got to get that in the mail. I might have to pay that. <laughs> so, you know, it's definitely been a, a hard transition from, yeah. you know, wearing all these hats and, and rem- trying to remember to do everything. And, you know, for me... I am very, I'm, um, my personality is very focused, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's why I'm good at what I do, because I'm very focused, and, and that's all I'm doing, and so trying to jump from one thing to another, and being like, oh, wait, I got to take care of this, and, and since, you know, most of my career was at the bench, like, that's my first priority, that's my first love, mm-hmm. you know, but yet, you know doesn't matter how good of a jewelry maker you are if you don't run your business right yep. it's going to be you know a failure absolutely <laughs> so absolutely i'm trying to wrap my brain around okay run your business right is just as important as coming up with great designs and mm-hmm. making great jewelry yes and that is and that's what i'm most curious about because it's just you in there right uh yeah well my dad you know he comes in some and then my my wife um since you know that first whatever that was 11 10 11 months we were open she still you know we still lived in mebbin so she didn't come in hardly at all so now that we've moved to greensboro Mm -hmm. she's been able to come in and and help some so she comes in you know a couple days a week and and helps you know yeah. pay the bills and you know mm-hmm. do stuff like that you know the stuff that's... that i don't have to worry about you, know? <laughs> you can focus on the jewelry part yeah that's awesome so i'm curious because earlier earlier you mentioned not you know liking sales too much so how were you able to kind of enhance those skills as being a salesman well you know the the funny thing is you know i actually really enjoyed the sales part of it now okay. but it's it's different because before it's like cold calling you're going into yeah. someone else whereas now people are coming to you that's very true and you know so it's a total different animal in my opinion um and the other thing about it is you know i found that i really enjoy it from the standpoint that when someone comes in and they're like you know i want a custom piece made and then it's like, well, what do you want? And they're like, well, I don't really know, you know. <laughs> yes. And, and then it, it's it's almost like a a puzzle to be solved, or or you know, a mystery to be solved. Because okay, let's let's just talk. And what do you think about this? What kind of what kind of style of design do you like? And and it's basically just kind of going from this huge idea down to smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and smaller and then it's that that moment when you've been talking to someone and you know some people it's like i mean i've had someone come in there and in under 10 minutes pick out a you know a custom design and it's done and 
they've paid for, you know, given me my deposit and they've gone out the door, you know, in, in 10 minutes. And then some people, you know, it takes them two hours of us sitting there having this conversation. Ugh, yeah. But that, that moment when like all of a sudden it clicks in my mind of like, okay, I remember you like this and, and you like this and you like this. And, and then I can just kind of, you know, say, yeah. okay, this is what I think from what I hear you saying, you know, we make this part like this, we make it in this metal. We, we make the stylistically it to make it look like this. And we add this gemstone here, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and then it all just kind of clicks into place. And that moment is pretty awesome. Wow, that's such a process. It it's crazy how the how various it can be getting really quick and really fast, or, really, or or take a while. But it's either way. It's, I mean, it's a good thing. You they get what they want, and obviously you get fulfillment out of it. And as it feel also for someone to come into your shop and like want something that you you know you yourself are hand making, that has to feel amazing. Yeah, it 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 does feel very you know good on the on the inside when you make something for somebody and and you know and i mean it's not uncommon for people to you know tear up when they receive you know their jewelry absolutely absolutely so, and that, i mean that that always makes you feel good yeah i probably cry too if Te- i did that tears of joy of course <laughs> not tears of sorrow oh gosh <laughs> have you ever had a customer you i'm sure you have where you actually made the piece and they didn't like it it's been very rare that that has ever happened yes. um as far as in my own store I haven't really had that happen. Okay. Um, okay. Good. Good. That's a really good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, part of that is you know having that conversation with the customer, figuring out what they what they want, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know, if you do that well, you're not going to have that problem. Right. And right. I mean, the best customers are the ones that come in and they give you direction, but they're like. I want you to enjoy this process and I want you to make something really cool, you yes. know? So, you know, th- that's, that, those are the best types of customers who, who really give you some freedom and say, just do something awesome, you know, with, in these guidelines, you know. Yes, Jacob. If I say Jacob shaking his head over there, <laughs> Jacob was like, "Yes." As far as bands coming into him or me well, getting, I, mean, I, I tell everybody that, like, even like when I go get tattooed or something, I'm like, I'll give them an idea, and I went to them for a reason. You know, I want them yeah. to do their thing. So right. If I was gonna make you, or I was, if I was gonna have you make a piece of jewelry, like I would want you to put your own brand on it. Yeah, your vision. Yeah. I came to you for a reason. I've seen custom pieces, custom pieces before, and I want you to do that with me. So it makes sense. So it's awesome when a customer actually kind of makes it very easy for you. Unfortunately, yeah. that doesn't happen like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. and also like I don't make jewelry, and you yeah. do. You're yeah. probably gonna know and like have a lot more creative ideas than I would. Yes. You know, some random Joe off the street or whatever. Absolutely, yes. absolutely, and it's a good segue because I want to kind of jump into your whole process, where you getting your influences from, because you have such a variety of jewelry <laughs> on your page. I don't even know where to start, but also I'm I'm curious, and you can actually explain this when you get into like your own uh, your own pieces. You say you use an old world technique to make the heirlooms. Yeah. Um. So what is that, and how? Do you use that to make your pieces? So nowadays, when you go to uh, most jewelry stores, um, everything in there is made uh, by CAD CAM. Okay. So, or really, you know, the CAD is the computer aided drawing. So they design it on a computer, and then it, the CAM part was computer aided milling, where they actually milled it. Mm-hmm. Now technology has surpassed that; it's three yep. D printed. 
So, you know, they design it on a computer, they hit a button, and then it's 3D printed, and then it's cast. Okay. So... I don't know how to do that. So, <laughs> Simple <laughs> enough. So you know, uh, I mean that that kind of technology. When I started, you know, back in the in the '90s, that technology was not available for your typical, you know, independent jewelry store. It, it was. I don't know when it kind of came around, um, but you know, big manufacturers were the only ones that probably had that type of technology back then. So you know, I still do it the old-fashioned way. So. Okay. There's three different ways you make jewelry. One is hand fabrication, where you actually take metal and you hammer it, saw it, you know, solder it, whatever, you know, form it into the piece of jewelry. Now, the second one is through lost wax casting, where you actually carve it out of wax or, you know, nowadays 3D print it. Um, but so I still carve it out of wax by hand and then I cast it. So, you know, I and I do that wow. all in the shop. Yeah. So I'm, I carve it right there in the shop and then I have a casting my casting station is right there in the front window so I cast it up there and then I bring it back to my bench and you got to clean it all up and set stones or you know do hand engraving you know whatever Um, and then the the third one is die striking which is basically like a big die that has all this pounds of pressure that actually cold forms metal but you're very limited to design and it's also very expensive so only huge manufacturers use that technology so oh wow and you use so okay so i still do it the old-fashioned way no computer you know technology at all is there any desire to learn a new way not really um and it's not that i'm against you know technology or you know computers or anything i just simply enjoy the process of making jewelry so it it takes out the fun when you know yeah. It's done on a computer and all that. So, because they, you know, I do everything from the carving, the wax, stone setting, hand engraving. I do all that. So, but one of my favorite things to do is the actual wax carving because you're actually taking a piece of wax and carving it into, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to make, whether it's right. a ring or, you know, a, a pendant or, or earrings or whatever. So, I just, I enjoy that process so much that I really don't want to give it up. that's cool and to me if i'm buying some jewelry like or whatever like it's cool knowing that you literally made that with your hands you know and that kind of justifies what i'm paying for it and you know i don't uh it makes sense to me yeah you know that's really beautiful it's going through all your images and like knowing that you made these by hand is very impressive um thank you but um but i'm looking at the shapes and the colors and you have snakes and all that so where is that where's that imagery coming from uh, you know, pretty much everywhere and anywhere, you know, when you ask that question of like, what you, what inspires you? Where do you get your ideas from? And, you know, everywhere from, you know, buildings to, yeah. you know, just interior to doorways, any type of design, nature, yeah. you know, organic. I mean, I, I like organic jewelry. I like geometric jewelry. I like, you know, um, what I call my estate, uh, contemporary estate style, which is kind of like a estate style, but different, you know, more okay. unique and one of a kind. And then my, what I call my ancient style is, you know, basically <laughs> yeah. what it looks like, you know, if the Middle Ages or the Greeks or the Romans, you know, that kind of just real rustic, you know, looking 
Mm-hmm. So, and then I like to I like to mix those two as well. So, you know, I have this rustic, you know, ancient style piece of jewelry, and then I'll do some hand engraving on it to combine those two styles together. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. And yeah, I can I can actually tell what I'm going through right now, and it's like, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. Gosh, that's so crazy. So, as far as, um. I guess custom orders and everything. What's usually your turnaround? I guess obviously it depends on you know what it, they're getting, but like for I guess a more generic, easier piece. Like can you do it like within you know a couple of days or? Uh, no, I mean typically I get at least two weeks. Okay. Most of the time it's okay. four weeks um, for a custom piece, and it's not that it takes that long. It's just you know that there's other stuff that's yeah, in, that's happening. in front of theirs, yeah. and then yeah. you know if. It just depends on the piece as well, you know. If I got, if they're, if I'm gonna take a piece, it's gonna take me, you know, thirty hours to do. Well, you know, I can't work on anything else, you know, during that time. So, and there's different processes of, you know, you got to carve a wax, and and then you have to cast it. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I will carve a wax, and then I don't cast it automatically. I'll, I'll wait until I have something else to cast. So I'm not doing that process. Yep. You know, multiple times I can combine those processes. So, you know, it's not like I start on one piece and then I work on that one all the way till it's done. Then I start on my next one. So a lot of times I start on something and then, you know, you have to stop and then work on something else and then, you know, go back to that. And yes, then I, you know, I do repairs as well. I don't do a whole lot of them, but, you know, yeah. when people come in and drop that stuff off, you know, you have to do. Right, right, do that right. stuff as well. Absolutely. So you obviously you're doing a lot of different things. So yeah, that, that actually makes perfect sense. But some of these designs are so detailed. Do you have like a kind of a drawing background? Like how did you develop those skills of being able to get really detailed and you know with the designs? Um, I do not have a drawing background, um, and I don't, I've never actually even ever taken an art class in my life. So. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really I mean that's really impressive. I hope people are looking at the site because I'm just sitting there. It's like this looks like it takes so long. It I but, mean it, it does. And when I I went out to uh, Kansas for um, hand engraving school, it was a week long uh, course that I took out there, and that's you know basically you're carving in directly into the metal um, with what's called a graver, which is basically like say a knife or a chisel or something but just on a much smaller scale and so when i went out there i had all this the hand skill to do it but i just didn't know how and where and and where to cut the lines and all that kind of stuff because there is a lot of leaves and floral motifs and all that kind of stuff and so not having a drawing background i was like okay if you tell me where to cut the line i can cut the line and i can cut it pretty good right but i don't know where to cut the line so um that took me a long process of just studying other people's engravings other you know leaves and flowers and drawings and stuff um, and just knowing okay where to put the shade lines because i have no idea that's uh okay gosh that makes sense but i want to still i'm just like oh my gosh but that's cool i mean knowing that you literally went and did this with your hands is is super 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 amazing but one thing i'm curious about and i and i asked of everyone who owns a business how did you 
kind of figure out the work-life balance? So obviously you had a family, but obviously you want to have a successful shop. Like, how do you balance that? How do you balance that now? Uh, well, I have always loved what I do. Yeah. So it it has been um, not not really a struggle, but it definitely since I love to work um, and you know I, I but I also love my family I have three kids so I was always you know around for my kids you mm-hmm. know and love spending time with them so you know from from that standpoint I never really overdid it and my wife would always be like okay you need to be home you know or whatever yeah. kind of thing so yeah. you know, yeah. like in in the past uh, when I worked for somebody else and I kind of did my side jobs and side things side projects you know I'd go to work I'd work my day I'd come home eat dinner with the family put everybody to bed you know at nine ten o'clock you know depending on when you know how old they were you know kind of thing yeah, yeah. I mean, including my wife uh, you know put her to bed <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know then go in the basement and go to work yeah. till you know midnight one o'clock in the morning and did that like you know Non-stop. for for years yeah. and yeah um you know, so it was definitely, you know, uh, a thing where you, you have to put, you know, your family first, but yet you also have to work hard to, you know, to provide for yeah, your family. to feed them, so, to not and have then, them you starve. Know, you know, now, now my kids, they're all teenagers, so, you know, they're not, they don't need me as much as <laughs> they were when they were the younger. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they, they, you know, have their own lives, you know, they work and, you know, They'll go in their room and, you know, do their thing, their teenager thing. So, you yeah. know, it's not like, you know, they're wanting my everyday attention, attention yeah. you know, like yeah. they were when younger. When you come up and work, they're standing at the door and they run out the door. Daddy, daddy, daddy. You know, they, they don't really do that <laughs> That's anymore. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which is, yeah, it's very sad, you know, when, yeah. you, when you have that someone so looking forward to you, you know, waiting at the door to come home and, yeah. you know. You're like, hey, dad. You're like, oh. Um, yeah, hey. if, if you get that <laughs> if sometimes. You get that. <laughs> That's amazing. And I want to uh, talk to you about this. So, you, I saw you, you're a Spectrum winner, 2018. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly is that? So, the Spectrum uh, Award is basically the, put on by the AGTA, which is the American Gem Trade Association. Oh, so nice. It's basically like the Oscars for the jewelry industry. What? So, <laughs> that is, yeah, that's massive. It is. How? So, um, I actually won one in 2013 um, when I still worked at the store in Chapel Hill. What? So, and then, that's awesome. um, you know, I guess. Probably, you know, working at that store, I won a bunch of other ones while I while I was there, um, and then the one in 2018 was the first one that I actually uh, won on my own in As my a, own shop. So, right, right. But you know, before, I mean, I was making when I worked at that other shop. I worked there, um, and we were putting in like six, seven designs, you know, into the contest mm-hmm. uh, every year. And so this time being on my own, I didn't have, you know, a ton of money uh, to put designs in to put because, I mean, it's a contest for that promotes color stone jewelry. So you it has to be, you know, nice Mm -hmm. gemstones. It has to be, you know, top of the top, you know, design wise and just, you know, really nice jewelry. And, you know, I didn't have the money to 
<laughs> to to put that many pieces in. So I was like, all right, all I got is one. So I'll put one in and, you know, it no won. No so. way. Dude, that is freaking awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, thank you. That's um, huge. I was I was pretty stoked about it as well. So I'm yeah. actually working on, you know, the... the um, Contest entries for this year mm-hmm. um, are actually due um, in two weeks, so I'm I'm getting to do two pieces this year, and I'm still not done. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, we'll make sure they're perfect, of course. Yes, and I'm um, just totally, you know, I'm I'm actually kind of swamped right now with with the custom work. So it's yeah. like, you know, okay, I got to do custom work, and I got to put in a bunch of time. For the spectrum pieces, so right, you know, right, like right. pretty much for the month of June, I'll be working a lot of overtime. You'll be so. uh, sleeping the shop. Yes, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> Jake in there, don't don't bother them. <laughs> Yo, that's amazing. So, tell us, kind of like how your future looks. I mean, do you plan on getting a bigger shop? Are you trying to stay in Greensboro? Like, what, what's 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 happening? Uh, I'm not planning on leaving Greensboro. Okay. Um, I I really enjoy greensboro um you know it's it's a big city but yet you know it doesn't have all the traffic that you know raleigh or charlotte does you know kind of thing and, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I like north carolina weather you know my, my family's here my wife's family's here so i'm not and you know once you have a business established moving it yeah. is difficult it seems like a headache so yeah so um as far as you know the future of where I want to take the business, I really haven't um, gone that route. Because like, yeah. I, I thought when I first opened up, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sell other people's jewelry. Oh, yeah. I'll have employees yeah. and then I'll make my own stuff. And, you know, then, you know, like business didn't take off like I thought it was, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah. like I had other people's jewelry in there just on consignment. And, but nobody ever bought it. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to ship it all back to you. You can have it all back. And, yeah. you know, I'm just going to sell my own because that's what everybody's coming here for anyway. So yeah, I didn't really start out that way thinking, like, I would only sell my own jewelry. But, I mean, that's the way it happened. So, yeah. you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And then, you know, since I was, you know, not super busy, or, you know, kind of thing in the beginning there, I'm like, well... I don't know, maybe I won't have any employees. Maybe it'll just be me. And, you know, if I get too busy and I have to turn work away, then that's what I got to do, that's you know? Exactly, so, exactly. So I I haven't really decided yet whether I want to, you know... Bring in more people. Bring in or, more people yeah. or just, you know, keep it low-key because, you know, I'm I'm not doing it to become rich. Um, I, I do it because I love it. And yeah. as long as I can pay myself a, a good salary and, you know, support my family, then, you know, I don't I don't need, you know all the glitz and glamour of, of a big yeah. store and all that because you know, my store is only it's like 800 and something square feet so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's big enough yes. so, but I I do and I would like to at some point you know I like to teach people you know yeah, I was about that, yeah. so you know that would be cool to have you know people come in and you know you know learn how to make jewelry and, and stuff like that which you know I've at other jobs that I've had, I have taught the people who have sat next to me, mm-hmm. given them instruction and, and helped them, you know, further along in their skills. And I actually, this coming Monday, I have a guy coming from uh, Raleigh who's asked to teach, Good. for me to teach him how to do some hand engraving. So, you know, 
we'll we'll see what happens with that. And I have know a couple other people that you know want to learn how to do hand engraving. So okay. you know maybe um, you know that can be part of my future as yeah. well because I always. I always liked that. And that was actually one of my dreams back in the day was like, well, maybe I should just open up a school like, you know, that I went to, yeah, you know. that's what I'm thinking. So, because I, I enjoy, you know, talking to people and, and telling other people and, and helping other people. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what what happens. That's cool. And I think people also like that you do it the old way. You know, I think you're more in, you're more in the process. And I think it's more beneficial for the maker. Yeah, you know, in my honest opinion. So, so if someone was interested in mentorship, you could be open to that. Yeah, and uh, some people have contacted me and, and said, "Hey, what about an apprenticeship?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm not really there yet, yeah. you know, but yeah. come in anytime, and and I'll certainly talk to you." And they just contact me over over email, you know, so um, they never came in the store yet. So, gotcha. But, <laughs> That's usually how know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, it's when I worked at at one of the other stores. Um, you know, some of the people there that worked there, they were like, "Yeah, I want to learn how to make jewelry," and, and they had some jewelry making skills, but you know, they wanted to take it to the next level and really learn stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I I work, you know, Monday through Friday, but the store was open Tuesday through Saturday." Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm here Monday. The store's closed. You can come in here any Monday you want, yeah. and I'll show you how to, you know, you can watch over my shoulder, do whatever. I'll teach you, you know, whatever I'm doing that day. You know, mm-hmm. I'll give you lessons on how to do it. Yeah. And uh, basically, nobody ever took me up on it. I'm like, well, you know, they're like, well, that's my day off. I'm like, well, do you want to learn how to do this or oh not? Oh my gosh, that blows <laughs> that blows my mind, dude. Oh my god, James talked that earlier all the time about how he would on his days off, he would love to go to a recording studio and help out if he could. You know what I'm saying? Or like, why wouldn't you want to yeah, learn how to do that? Yes, exactly. It's like I'm giving you free experience and you're just not taking it. But that's just a sign of a. Uh, our generation, unfortunately, or my generation, <laughs> don't yeah, want to work I, hard. I'm much older than you, so. Yeah, I said, I was like, he's a little bit older, so, you know, my generation. Um, that's awesome. So, and obviously, you've been, you've had so much experience, and you've done so much over the years, so could you give us some advice to, for some potential listeners who are maybe wanting to get into the industry or want to get into the art world at all? Uh, well kind of going off what we were just talking about is you know go after it do it go to people and be like you know i i will sweep your floors just teach me how to do stuff you know <laughs> yes i mean that that's just the way to do it and like if and you know in my opinion if you're not willing to to do that then you don't really want it yeah you know if, yeah. if you're not willing to to put the time in to to learn how to do it and out of your own time, you know, like, oh, no, you need to pay me how to learn how to do this. I'm like, no, it no, doesn't don't. work like that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I worked for free when I was younger, so. My yeah. Goodness. So, and, you know, the, you would go to a jewelry school. I, I think like the, I mean, my, the school that I went to for the three month program, I mean, that was only $4,000. Wow. Yeah, but that was, you know, way back. Oh, Way yeah. back in the '90s, so yeah. you know now I want to say I want to say like a three month program's probably twelve thousand yeah. dollars or or something like that. I, don't, I mean I haven't kept up with the prices, but you know it's a lot more expensive. So right. you know it's like 
you can go spend twelve grand to go to school, you know, for three months, and then come out of there and be horrible at it, like I was. <laughs> <In the debt. laughs> or you know, you can take your time and learn how to do it the proper way, you know, and you know, you're getting free schooling, you yeah. know, yeah. and go wait tables at night, you know, do whatever you need to do to if you need to go pay your bills and do that, you know. Absolutely, there's so many, so much time in the day, people. Don't make excuses for yourself. You only hurt yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that is awesome. Well, Jake, dude, thank you so much. Obviously, if you have any more questions, please ask them. What? Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm at my website is jacobraymondjewelry.com, mm-hmm. and then on Instagram it's uh, Jacob Raymond Jewelry, and then on on Facebook it's Jacob Raymond Custom Jewelry. Awesome. So. We'll link all of that, and you are open for commissions or custom pieces right now, right? Yes, I am, and I'm I'm open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 6 and Saturday 11 to 5. 11 to 5. So. Cool. And we'll put your address on the um, information description as well. Um, right near Legacy Irons downtown. If you're in Greensboro, right near McCool, you can see it from the parking lot. Um, but awesome. Thank you. And your jewelry. And look at his jewelry. It's amazing. We're going to link it to Instagrams and on Facebook and on our website as well. It, the pieces are absolutely breathtaking. So kudos to you you've done so much over the years and your story is very inspiring so thank you for coming oh well thank you for having me it's been a blast talking to you guys so absolutely and we'll definitely see you around all righty thank you bye the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet We'll do smokes, niggles, whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.